want to apologize. I forgot that I had this mannequin <laughs> behind me before I turned on my video and I didn't warn everyone. So this is just this is just one of my mannequins that I have. So one of? Yes. One of? Yeah, yeah. I have I have four plus a plus a mannequin head. Um and they actually they really scare people when they come over. Like they're just like, whoa, I thought that was a person. And the one question is, does he have a name? Yeah, his name is Chet. From bureaucracy's basement to your ears, this is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Each week, the dedicated staff of the Bureau meet to file reports, make recommendations, and survive in water that drips from the boiler pipes into our mouths as we sleep on a bed of old dot matrix printer paper in the back room. One day, maybe we'll escape from the subterranean hell that is this basement, but until that day comes, the city's not going to improve itself. So here we sit improving things. This meeting is now in session. Hello. Oh, uh, what? Hello? Yes? Sorry, I was, I was napping. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. Was I talking in my sleep? Sometimes I do the intro to this meeting when I'm sleeping, so. All the, all the time you do the intro. All the, like, throughout the entire evening, I'm just screaming at the top of my lungs. This is what I'm hearing. Okay, cool. Should we take uh, attendance? I think we should. Okay. Um, regrettably, I've lost my notes, so I do not know who we are. Oh, um, you know, you could just, ref- you know, your name tag. It's right there on your chest. It, just flip it around. Okay, because it says Nadia. If I'm, oh, it says Aiden when I flip it around. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay, true. cool. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. So I'm here. You are? As far as I know, I mean, I'm awake. Yeah. Okay, you appear go. to be. I appear to be. I appear to be here and awake. And you are, you'll have to flip your name tag around before I can read oh, it. Oh, yeah. L- it's Paul. Paul. Well, it says Luop when you flip it around. So yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what to believe. Yeah. And the last name is unpronounceable. Okay. So we're going to call you either Paul or Luop as you please. We'll go with Paul. We'll go with Paul. All right. So we're here. Do we have a quorum? <sighs> no. I don't no. think you. Well, what if we had like another like guest, like attendee? I think it would get us closer than we've ever been. Ooh, well, have, a, have I got a surprise for you? Ooh, do tell. No, I was asking if I had a surprise for you. Uh, yes. Yes, you do. Excellent. And that surprise is Jacques Brasseur, our Hello. guest attendee. Hello, Jacques. Hey, Jack. <laughs> How are you folks today? Great. Good. How are you? It good. is good to it is good to have you in the co-hosting seat once again. It's good to be back on my favorite podcast. Whoa! You're back from the tundra, no less. I am. I am back from Yellowknife. Yeah, back in Regina. Congratulations! Uh, <laughs> from nowhere to nowhere to nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> glad to be back. <laughs> Uh, and it would seem that on this, like, uh, just in time for Jack Brasseur to come back from the north, uh, we actually have some other guests here uh, in the uh, Queen City Improvement Bureau today. Oh, well, I wasn't enough, so you had to. No, yeah. no it's you, you've you've said the quiet part out loud, Jack. 
We got there. There were maybe there's maybe some notes from uh, upstairs saying, you know, your meetings have just turned into the two of you babbling incoherently to one another lately. It's you've got to get uh, you got to get some outside input. So we decided to go bonkers. And uh, we have two actual city councillors here tonight. We have Councillor Cheryl Stadnichuk from Ward One. Hello, Cheryl. Hello. And Hello. from and all the way from Ward Eight, we have Shannon Zakidniak. Hello. Hey, Shannon. It's it's not often people for all the way from Ward Eight like get down here. So I hear people in Ward Eight don't even know we exist. <laughs> That all I've heard about uh, when I was door knocking was the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Like that does not match my experience. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, you were just knocking at your family's door. <laughs> um, we got everybody together tonight because uh, city council is on hiatus right now and has been for about a week and they will be for until like next week. I don't think there's going to be any meetings of any substance. So uh, we're in like, summer hiatus and we're waiting for season two of Regina city council to start. And um, so yeah, guys, how was your first season on Regina city council as like brand new cast members, no less. Yeah. Um, Well, it had its highs and lows. Um, There was lots of drama and um, tears and, uh, (laughs) This is all me, my personal experience. Um, it was like it was it was an adventure. Yeah, like all of that is true. It was uh and it's the um for a part-time job. I've never worked so many hours for a part-time job of any part-time job I've ever <laughs> had. So all of that to say I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> Well, Aiden and I are working incredibly little in the Bureau, so it all balances out. This is true. Cheryl, how about you? Yeah. How was your first season? Well, it uh, as Shannon said, it's been incredibly busy. So there's five new councillors and a new mayor, and um, and just a lot, so much happening. So the agendas have been quite full, and we've had a lot of... Uh, uh, private sessions as well on, you know, briefings on issues because there were so many new people. So it, it has been extremely busy. And uh, I think the it's taken quite a few months just to figure out the whole service request uh, process, making sure that I've got that down packed um, and how, how, how people respond to that. So, yeah, no, it's been insanely busy. Jack and Aiden, what? Oh, so I, I know I have like a few um, storylines that I've been following really closely, but I'm wondering what what are the what are the stories that you guys have enjoyed the most of the last season, and, and want to know uh, how the counselors felt about them. Um. So I mean, there was I guess there was a couple storylines that I really followed um, diligently uh, because I wanted to, and I found them really fascinating. Uh, such as uh, the sponsorship motion uh, and um, that drama. I think, you know, um, I think those of us who really know the fandom, I think, would like knew that, that they were going to be pretty angry about it. Um, but I think, um, <clears throat> I think maybe some, some cast members, some counselors, 
uh, had too much faith in the fandom, which is always a rookie mistake. You know, that's that tends to be a mistake. Um, so that's definitely one that I was following and that I enjoyed a lot. Um, uh, but there, you know, there was one that I felt like um, I was like forced to binge against my will. Um, and sometimes like with the right show that can be good. Cause if, you know, cause you're like, Oh, like I didn't know I liked this. Uh, this was sort of the opposite of that. Uh, and that is of course the conversion therapy storyline. Um, which I really felt like, I don't know. I sort of felt like the writers didn't really understand the subject matter. Um, I think they really should have brought on some guest writers. And I think some cast did did a really good job of research, like of researching the, the you know. Um, but, you know, I think a lot of, and a lot of the guests, the guests, you know, the guests that those weeks um, just like had no idea what was happening. Like, I think they thought they were on a different show. I don't, I don't think they that, read the script. Actually, yeah, definitely not. Yeah, it really felt like they didn't read the script. So, all in all, I w- those are sort of the two the two storylines that that I was following. One for fun, and one um, like against my will. So now I, I have to say I enjoyed the uh, enjoyed the uh, the ending of the uh, conversion therapy storyline. That's true. That's true. Um, it sort of all came together. Some, there and there were some good last minute twists. We we won't catch deny that. But I, I did feel like the, the, the episodes are really repetitive. It felt like I was watching like the same episode again and again with the same people, um, you know, showing up as guest stars. But that's just my feeling on that one. What was it you like? Know? What was it like behind the camera, Cheryl? Well, I was just going to say that the, with the conversion therapy ban, it did almost feel like a zombie film, right? That, that we thought we thought we had put it to, to, you know, to, to bed. And that it was over, and then it just kept coming alive. Um, um, so, right to the very end, right to third reading, we were getting um, emails from people who were still trying to convince us to vote against the the bylaw in third reading. Um, so, so that surprised me quite a lot. Um, the fervent kind of a, of attachment to that issue that some people had. So, um, um, yeah, and I remember having some, some conversations with people. I said, this is a business, the prohibited businesses bylaw, because they really were uh, led to believe that it was going to be something much bigger than what it was. So, um, anyway, yeah. yeah. So anyway, yeah. that's it. It really seems like a lot of people who were watching, like thought they were watching a different show. Um, like they weren't even from, like it was like from another country or something. Yeah. Right. Well, they were watching like an apocalyptic old history or something. Anyway, yeah. Shannon, did you guys get any warning that this was going to happen, or was this all like, did it take you by surprise that the plot was going to go in this direction? Um, I think this all got started because we were copying Saskatoon's show on conversion therapy, so. <laughs> Once again, like usual. It was a remake. Yeah. It was going to be a shot for shot, basically, like The Office. (laughs) The the first episode of The Office, just a shot for shot. It kind of, well, yeah, I don't know how it all played out there. I think ours was like, 
Ours was a longer show that was less interesting. That's I don't think we were successful in our remake. So just like the American office. (laughs) (laughs) But how did you guys feel? Because personally, I found those episodes kind of traumatic. How was it for you guys? Like just personally uh, behind the scenes? You know, like it was like it was I was really I was surprised that like it became such a long dragged out thing. Um, And it happened because people found ways to try and split hairs about the words. You know, that's like people would say, oh, of course, we're against conversion therapy. But the way that the definition, you know, so they people and I guess it didn't help that this conversation was already happening federally. And it gave people the language and that they they already had a blueprint to follow to in terms of how to try and delay or water down our efforts. And I I don't think it was actually helpful for us to even bring that federal bill into the discussion. Like, I think we should have just focused on our municipal bylaw from the beginning. I don't know if that would have. So that was um, definitely an error on the part of the writers. But like the outcome may have been the same anyway. I don't know. Shannon, I find that I just find it really interesting for you to say, you know, like, that there was sort of surprise or like, you know, uh, like it, you know, like people hadn't anticipated it. And I think, um, you know, I mean, I made a joke earlier just about like people underestimating the fandom, but I, I, I really think that like, um, and I, and I mean, I, I know like I, you know, I, along with a number of other like LGBT folks in community, like had a number of conversations with counselors and the mayor and we were like, no, like this is going to happen. Yeah. Like I, like as soon as it came on, I was like, Oh, I know what's going to happen. And, and interestingly enough, like, um, a couple of years ago when I was still at UR Pride, uh, I actually had a conversation with Andrew, um, years ago. And I said, you know, what would you think about introducing it? And he was like, my thing is like, it's going to be hard. Like, and unless we have a plan, like, and unless there's like, um, you know, in, unless there's, there's people to do the work of like what happens after, um when this you know when we bring this debate up and it's gonna you know it's gonna embolden all these people and I had actually had a conversation with a number of my colleagues and we decided to not pursue it because we were working in LGBT community in the in in the city and we didn't have capacity for like the mental health issues that would come up afterwards like the trauma like all of those pieces um and uh and so when it did come up I was sort of like you know I was like okay here we go um and yeah I think like for me I think something um personally um this this whole experience and just seeing all the backlash that actually did come up from what should have been a pretty simple like I know what you're saying Jack like in the sense of like it's it shouldn't necessarily have been surprising like it's unfortunate that for many folks it wasn't surprising I I I guess I I'm I had hoped for better from the fandom. Um, I'm getting less and less naive about, about the fandom. But anyway, um, for me personally, some good came out of it because um, I think partially because of, of what was going on with conversion therapy. Um, I started talking with Terry Van Mackelberg and we organized this fundraiser for Lulu's Lodge and we are going to do it annually. And it has had a big impact. And I think, 
there was a lot of great energy too at the fundraiser from the people who participated. And some of that I think was a reaction from like the embarrassment caused with these discussions about conversion therapy. I like, it doesn't make it okay that all of that happened, but at least there is a silver lining um, at least in my perspective of like, okay, let's move forward better. Let's do better. We can be so much better. Uh, Shannon, can you tell us a bit about Lula's Lodge and the fundraiser? Uh, This is pretty recent news, but we'd like to hear more about it. Yeah. So I, um, all I can tell you about Lulu's Lodge is that it's a a home for um, youth who are gender and sexually diverse, who are, would be facing homelessness without Lulu's Lodge. I don't know a whole bunch more about it um, than that. But what I did learn is it's actually one of, I think there's only one, uh, there's one, there's, there's very few of these um, places like Lulu's Lodge in all of Canada. So we're actually like on the leading edge in that regard, which is exciting because that's not always the case in Regina. Um, and the fundraiser is, um, it's an idea that Terry and I were talking about um, based on after watching the show, We're Here on uh, Crave, I think. And so this is drag queens that go to different communities small communities um, in the United States and they put on a drag show and they get um, drag performers to be in the show and also folks who've never participated in drag and it's pushing them outside of their comfort zone and they're mentored with a drag performer. And so we wanted to replicate that here. And so, um, and actually when Terry and I were talking about, and I said, Hey, Terry, like, could we do this here? He said that he had already talked about doing something like this with a friend of his who recently passed away, which was, uh, who was a drag queen um, named Jenny Talia um, and had recently passed away. And, and uh, Terry and Jenny had been talking about doing something like this. And then I came to him with the same thing. So it was like, there was some synchronicity there and we just had a super successful fundraiser with featuring celebrities who hadn't done drag before Uh, paired with drag mentors and raised over $61,000 for Lulu's Lodge, paying off the new home that they just bought. Uh, It was so successful. And all the celebrities who participated talked about how meaningful it was for them. And so not only was it a fundraiser, it was also to foster this understanding. I think it was like very successful in both regards. So I'm like, that was just this past weekend. And even though I didn't win the crown for the event, which was also really important Everything else was successful. So, so, fair enough. Yeah. Congrats on that. Yeah, thank you. We are on 91.3 FM CJTR, tuned into the community. And we are the Queen City Improvement Bureau. We're here tonight with a special guest, uh, Jack Brasseur, and other special guests, counselors Cheryl Stadnichuk and Shannon Zakidniak, talking about uh, season one of Regina City Hall and uh, what's coming up on season two. Cheryl, I wanted to ask you about, Jack had pointed out the whole sponsorship motion, which I think was the first thing, the first storyline for you guys, pretty much. That was quite a blender to get thrown into uh, as a novice counselor. How was that? Well, it was quite, it was difficult um, because of, of I think, who, 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 who was uh, pressuring us on this issue. Like There was um, the... Um, CAP, Canadian Association of Petroleum Producers, and the Chamber of Commerce. And we also, and then there was a news story 
sometime afterwards, in I think it was in the Globe and Mail, that um, Jason Kenney's War Room was also involved in in some of the the letter writing, and and that I think is was is easy to kind to take that kind of pressure because you know that they have a particular constituency and a particular um, viewpoint, and that's where they're coming from. But what what really surprised me was how many people in people that I remember door knocking, uh, meeting them on, on, on the doorstep who, who, who contacted me. So, so it did kind of um, take me back. I knew that Saskatchewan is very much, um, you know, pro oil, oil and gas um, province, even though the actual percentage of the workforce in that sector is quite small. Um, but but it, it did surprise me how much people wanted to defend oil and gas. They, they saw this as an insult to oil and gas, when really it's about it was about sponsorship. Do they have the right to you know sponsor um, you know have their name on our city facilities or sponsor a park or uh, I guess. Do, you know widespread advertising? And that kind of got lost. It became such a such yeah. a polarized debate about you're either pro oil or against oil when it was something completely different. And Dan's motion actually, I mean, it really made sense when you think about it. And that's why so many councillors voted in, in favor of it because it was about if we do have this goal to get off, um, to be a hundred percent renewable, moving away from fossil fuels, does it make sense to be accepting sponsorship money, advertising so, money? Cheryl, like what, something that I'm really interested in here and like, and I, I don't know if I was on QCIB that week or maybe the week after, but like I, I remember talking a lot about it with 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 Paul and Aiden, and I guess like <laughs> my question is like behind the scenes now is there conversation about like we need some things funded, let's go ask Cap or let's go ask all of these like companies that were like livid at the possibility of not being able to put their name like and and this and I think I made this joke with Paul and Aiden and we're like so the city has to beg people to sponsor storm drains but 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 the but oil and gas is like we we need to be allowed to give the city money for sponsorship like I think I just really struggle with that it feels sort of like that guy who's like, I can't believe you didn't invite me to your party, but had you, I wouldn't have gone. <laughs> well, and that's what we, I mean, we haven't, I haven't seen any um, new money coming from that sector, but um, I, um, there was a point I was going to make it. I completely just completely lost my mind. I was going to say uh, about the, I, I think that moving like the we're, we're when we're talking about the next season of city council, we will be getting the report. And I know Shannon can probably talk a lot more about this than me, the report on the framework on um, energy and sustainability. And I think that if we keep our focus on the positive things, like what's the positive energy, what's the positive things we're going to be doing to achieve that, that, that stuff, that the, that ugly stuff is going to probably just go away. I'm hoping, I'm hoping. That's, that's that's a lot of a lot of hoping. <laughs> no, it's still it's, have it's a positive we have spin. To move. We have to move, and <laughs> I think if people can see that there's positive reasons and there's a need to move, I mean, it, it is going to be a challenge. 
for a lot of other reasons and things that are coming to council, like including the uh, density motion, which I know um, is one that you've talked about a lot on the show as well. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a storyline we'd, we'd love to hear more about as well uh, while we have you two on the show. I thought there was like one, one of the that maybe we could deal with quickly is uh, we no longer have a, a bronze John A in our park downtown. That, uh, that was huge. Who, who would have thought that Sir John A. Macdonald would like emerge from the past to become like the main villain of season one? Well, what's I, interesting is, does anyone have a John A. Macdonald statue anymore? It was well, so controversial when we did it. I'm worried for him, though. Like, he's currently in a building. He can't see anything. <laughs> he may not be able to breathe very well. It's probably pretty dusty in there. And I just, like, you know, when's he getting out? Like, did we... <sighs> Was there a fair trial before he was put locked away? And, you know, like it's uh, I'm a bit like I'm glad you brought that up because nobody talks about like, how is he doing? We don't know. Like, has anyone checked on him? I, I think it might like it'll be interesting to see in season two if like people sort of forget that he was a character in season one. And then he just like comes back and everyone's like, wait, wait, what was going on? What happened? <laughs> Like your mannequin. One day he might be like waiting for us in City Hall. That's, That's what I'm actually most afraid of. He, he might, Chet might actually run for, for city councilor. You know what? I bet that, uh, that Chet, one of my mannequins, uh, I think that he would do great in the next city council election. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Maybe, maybe he'll, he'll campaign entirely on uh on rights for statues and mannequins which for, which for, word for, is he thinking of running in jack like you know hopefully know, not board eight well i don't know i i don't know shannon i think that you i think that there is uh you're allowed enough voice for the rights of of non-movable uh personified yes. objects so <laughs> i i think that that ward you know is covered but i i don't know i mean we'll see we'll see <laughs> I think we should put him in Ward 2. Who's 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 the current counselor in? I think that's Bob. Oh, that's Bob. Well, you know, I feel like Chet could probably probably do as much or maybe more. Yeah. So, we'll see. Well, not only would Chet get the Johnny McDonald stands vote, but uh, he's made out of plastic. So I suspect he'll get some of that like cap money. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, you know, I feel like what we really need in Regina is like a really just like um, a really strong right wing conservative voice um, from a mannequin. From yeah, I just I feel like that's maybe um, like I think that that's the role that Chet could play um, really strongly in city council. So we'll see, we'll see. I'll start. I I think I might manage his campaign next election. Put award. put him in a navy suit, and yeah, he'll have, he'll have one of the words sewn up. We have to move on to innovative revenue tools. I do have one, unless somebody else has a fantastic innovative revenue tool. These are uh, tools that we pitch uh, every meeting to uh, help the city with its bottom line uh, that don't involve raising taxes. So clever ways to raise money for the city. And uh, so mine is, and I was I'm basically uh, taking notes from the way that our provincial government is operating lately. And uh, I think we don't have to do innovative revenue tools at all anymore. I think what we just need, merely need to do is just stop innovating and leave right. it up to the private sector. We just encourage them. We encourage, encourage people to innovate. 
Exactly. And we just merely have to like say supportive things about their innovating and that will save us the trouble of having to do any innovating or thinking of any kind ourselves. I love this idea. I'll be the chief innovation officer. Okay. I'll show up on camera every couple of weeks. Answer, answer questions. Yeah. But not really. But, but not, not, not exactly, but close enough. <laughs> All right. So on that note, we'll write that up, send it upstairs. And if it doesn't catch on, we have some other innovative revenue tools that we'll play right now. The Queen City Improvement Bureau would like to acknowledge the Regina Warehouse Business Improvement District for their support of our show. The Regina Warehouse Business Improvement District. Improving the district where there are warehouses in Regina. We are back from Innovative Revenue Tools. Wow. Those were amazing Innovative Revenue Tools. Thank you. I had nothing to do with them, but uh, I'm glad they were there. But do you know that we have our own uh, innovative, like QCIB-centric innovative revenue tool? Get out. Yep. And that's by getting sponsorships. And we have a sponsor. It's the Warehouse Business, Business Improvement District. Oh, that's very kind of them. It is very kind. But, you know, they don't need to be kind. They're already awesome with all their shops and gyms and the grocery store and warehouses, of course. Right. I, th- they're real go-getters on improving things that save us from mm-hmm. improving stuff. That's right. They take, they take vital work off of our shoulders and take it upon themselves so we can simply sit here and encourage them to keep doing what they're doing. Yeah. And we can all eat really good food. We can. They have such good food in the warehouse district. They do, actually. You're, yeah. you're not wrong. Yeah. Like When I, I spent two or three years away from Regina – uh, in between, like, you know, when I moved here and then I moved left and then I left and then I came back. Uh, and those years, like I was thinking about food, that food, all that food in the warehouse district, really, mm. really good fries, a lot of good French fries. And not just food you find off the streets either, like actual restaurants and bars. Yes. Yes. I, yep. yes, Aiden, I was not referring <laughs> to like food that I found on the street in the warehouse district. Oh, okay. No, I didn't think you were, but I didn't. I right. didn't want to assume. No, that's so. good. You shouldn't. Yeah, when you assume, you know what happens. So, so back to uh, back to our recap of season one, uh, Jack. There was one other like storyline that you really wanted to talk about. I mean, I don't know that I really wanted to talk about it. I just I feel like it was introduced and then nothing happened. It is the Capital Point site. There was this. Uh, you know, the parking lot, um, they're like, it really seems like um, people fought really hard for this parking lot, but then like nothing's happened, but they didn't, but nobody sort of explained why nothing happened. It sort of feels like it was introduced and then the writers were like, we have other things, let's, we'll, we'll not mention it and hopefully people will forget, but people don't forget uh about the capital point uh because it was such a big deal so i'm really curious to find out um i'm still i want to know what's happening like behind the scenes like what's happening with that i don't know Paul. Yeah. what are your thoughts on it it was it was like from the previous from the previous series with the old council that most of this happened so it was the one storyline that carried on and yeah you're right like the uh, the owners of the capital point site 
basically said, if you don't give us a parking lot, this whole deal is going to fall apart. We have to have this parking lot for one year. And the bylaw was for like October 2020 to October 2021 for this parking, Whoa. which is so unless unless they like unless they get it from when the the third reading, which was December, they either have like just like a few weeks left to put their parking lot in and make all this parking money off of it, or they only have like three months to do that in. So I don't know. I was, I was very disappointed. It was kind of like uh, Richie Cunningham's di- uh, brother, older brother, who like mm-hmm. went upstairs and then just disappeared and nobody ever talked about him again. He was really important to the plot for one season and then nothing. He's still up there. He's still up there. He's very hungry. With, with John yeah. A, with our good friend John A. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the writers must be really working hard on that one story <laughs> because, yes, it's been quiet and we know the land's been purchased even even without the uh, property tax break so what's happening we're all we're all waiting it's full of suspense so there was a special in-camera meeting and a special public meeting to deal with you know this secret plan that the developers supposedly have for that site which they said they could not show to anybody for fear that would be spoilers for like you know a big like season three or four uh reveal um so do you guys know what the secret plan is like did they do you have the writers shared that with you uh backstage silence (laughs) i don't i think it's a mystery to all of us I actually forgot all about that. <laughs> Jack mentioned it again. I was like, oh, yeah, whatever. Because that, that was a, in the early days of season one. Like, and honestly, like, one I mean, of so the most happens. It, and it, it was fair enough that you forgot. It was not a very exciting part of the season for me. So I was happy when the writers forgot about it and left it there. I mean, I think we should just take the the out like we should take that plot into our own hands. We being the community of Regina and bring some shovels to that site and transform it to the site that we want. That's what I call for for season two. Love that. I'd love (laughs) to see a mural on that wall. You know, the Mm. building that is there and there's the empty parking lot. Wouldn't that be lovely to have a wonderful, beautiful mural? painted since there's nothing else happening on that spot must have a mural i would not say no let's do it right now let's I'd like go. To go. i think we should make it like a mini golf course <laughs> I, I was gonna say pickleball court yeah we've got wow. a pickleball court but mini golf might be a really mm-hmm. nice idea down there my kids would like it to become a go-kart track i'm gonna okay. run that out there a go-kart track Let, let's let's compromise and it will be like a mini golf go-kart track where you can play pickleball as you're zipping around in your go-karts. Let's innovate. Let's do something different. I like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Create a new sport. Okay. Well, that plot line's resolved. Excellent. Mini pickle cart. Okay. But what's, okay. But I want to know what else is happening in season two. Yeah. Yeah. Can you hey, give us um, any good, I, any good, without spoiling, but still. I have yeah, what, are you, what are you two looking forward to? Yes. I have some things that I'm looking forward to. Um, the episode where the transit master plan gets unveiled. 
Same thing Ooh. with the episode where the energy and sustainability framework, that one will be a very exciting one. Um, the re- uh, renaming of Dudney Avenue, that, that's coming up, a discussion on that. The report on density, that'll be next year, mm-hmm. Q1 of next year. And surprise motions from councillors, like just exciting plot twists. Those are always... You know, do you, do you have any in like your back pocket, Shannon? I like, do. Waiting. I do. Yeah. Waiting for the right moment to drop. Well, it's more like waiting for the right, like to have the time to put the things together to get my motions out there. Cause I've you know, got a couple. Do, can you give us like, even like say a tantalizing adjective about your motions just to get us excited about what's coming? Okay. Let's see. Um, I mean, like, I kind of just want to tell you. <laughs> Should I just tell you? <laughs> or is that you, like, 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 you could I be exclusive on counselors? I don't know how to say your name. Counselors and kidney acts motions. You know what you can do? You could just call her counselor Stadnachuk. That seems to work at counselor. Yeah. Or like a combination oh, yeah. of Stadnachuk or, yeah. That uh, that's yeah. really funny. That you folks get mixed up. Yeah, all the time. So I, I'm, I'm thinking, let's move on to Cheryl, and I'll think of what I'm going to share about my surprise motions while oh, Cheryl's well, giving well, her teasers. Do you have teasers? Yeah, well, Shannon covered it all. The only thing that I would say would be the waste plan, too. So the oh, um, yeah. waste reduction plan, I can't remember what it's called, but that we're going to have, because we have the, tri- uh, the trial for the green yeah. yard waste pilot that's going on. I can't and believe um, they're yeah. testing different sizes because some people like small of this and a big one of that. So we're going to figure out what works best um, and uh, and the costing. So it is a little bit nerve wracking because I would like to um, see something very reasonable, but we'll see what happens, what comes out of it. So um, that I think was the only other thing that that came to my mind. And well, I think more work on reconciliation. So Shannon mentioned mm-hmm. renaming Judney, mm-hmm. and we will be bringing the bronze statue out of storage. I think this, I think the statues where the Glockenspiel used to be. So it, we will get, get it out and where will it go and what will the story be? It'd like be quite exciting. Do you have any surprise motions coming up? I have one that I'm working on. Yes. Okay. So it's not going to be like, there's not going to be something where like, you know, one of the counselors is going to make a motion that council has to like jump a shark for charity. How did you guess my motion, Paul? Like (laughs) that was amazing. Packed into my emails. Yeah. I can, I I can read you like, like a, like an episode of happy days. (laughs) I figured out how to tease one of my motions. One of mine is, in, is food security related. Okay. So Ooh. that's broad oh. enough to give you an interesting tidbit, but not too much. And there's another one related to transit and food security sounds really interesting. I think that there's mm-hmm. a lot of issues in our yeah. city around like food deserts, particularly in lower income uh, wards. And so that's really, really exciting. Uh <laughs> Yeah, that's super cool, Shannon. Thank you. Yeah. First of all, pickleball should no longer be played with real pickles. Pickles <laughs> should be given to the people. It's a waste of food. 
Mm-hmm. Also it is included in my motion. <laughs> what did you say, Shannon? Oh, friend? I said that that's part of the motion. Yeah. Okay. Aiden mm-hmm. called it right there. Yeah. Yep. Just one of the many things for to improve food security. Uh, also, I have no idea how pickleball is played at all. So if you hadn't guessed. It's been one of the mysteries that we've been puzzling over all season. Yeah, but do we do any research? No. There have had to, you had to have get, had guests here who've played pickleball. No, not a one. Yeah, that's true. I, oh. I watched my uncle play pickleball. And it's very similar to like badminton. Table tennis. But with pickles. Like, yeah. No, there's no pickles. There's no pickles, Aiden. It's a cross between table tennis and tennis. And according to enthusiasts, the fastest growing sport in North America. So it's time to learn all the ins and outs of pickleball, folks. Apparently, yeah. I was going to say before, like, you know, football, for example, becomes passe and pickleball takes over. Right. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I don't think if we had uh, like a CPL here, uh, like a CPL team here in Saskatchewan, I bet you wouldn't have taken them this long to institute a mask mandate for their games. Yeah. So, you know, it took a while for them, but I don't know. Yeah. think. Speaking of mask mandates, do you guys, so we're recording this on a, on a Monday night. And there just saw the press release that there is a press conference tomorrow morning about mm. the s- No, no, if only. <laughs> no, no, there is. Believe it or not, there is. Yeah. So, do yeah. you guys? Uh, we've heard uh, from from the press coverage that uh, there would be uh, the, they're going to put the mask mandate in place for transit. Do you know if it's going to be more widespread than that? I we know all the information, Paul, but we will share none of it with you. We were sworn to secrecy devastated yeah but it is it's it's a good move so So you guys are happy with it though yes Mm. oh good dear i mean that's as good as a spoiler really (laughs) (laughs) hearing hearing that shannon and cheryl are 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 so we we know all masks are to be burned you know yeah Yeah. all masks are going to be uh are going to be reutilized, recycled, and made into pickleball uniforms. Yes. Yeah. I'd be happy with that announcement as well. So <laughs> we'll need a use for masks at some point. So, you know, we, we do need to come up with some creative options down the road. That's true. Um, on, on your list of things that you guys are looking forward to in season two, I was just kind of curious uh, about like the timing. Mm. Um the uh, the transportation master plan, for instance, like when is that coming? Because I mean, that, I feel like that's something that I've been waiting for for as long as I've been alive. So the transit master plan, right? Because yeah. we already have a transportation one. So yeah, the, the transit. The, sorry, that's what I meant yeah. to say. So Cheryl can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it's this fall is the transit master plan, and I don't know specifically when, but okay. that'll be. That's I think one of the. Um, like the early excitements in season two will be the transit master plan. Right. And this fall as well. Two doesn't feel as long as season one or else I don't know if I'll make it through many more seasons of city council. Right. <laughs> but you were years off my life. 
I mean, <laughs> good or bad, your, your ratings were through the roof this year. Like city council in general? Yeah. Yeah, like I think that more people started paying attention to what was happening in our city. And uh, with this new, like with the new, uh, with the new, you know, sort of slate of like new counselors. New cast. Yeah, the new cast. I think, you know, sometimes the new cast just destroys a show. And sometimes it really like brings new life into it. And I think we were lucky this year, or I guess last year, to have new cast members who uh, like you know, weren't going to constantly be in the news. I mean, not all of them constantly in the news about like saying something racist or something. Yeah. yeah. You know, Cause that's always <laughs> awkward. Like, not and a lot of show- <laughs> like the thing that's interesting is that a lot of shows when a cast member, they tweet something, you know, like, you know, the, the tabloids are like, this person said this thing, they get booted off the show. Not yeah. Regina city council though. You know, like not you yet. Can- that yeah. could be season two. <laughs> Yeah. Right, so, so, well, like, you're, you can't you get people to, off the island yet. That's not yeah, part of exactly. our rules. That's not in the so, procedure bylaw, anyways. That you can vote someone you, off the island. Could you? Could you make that happen? I don't think so. I don't think that would work. <laughs> Wait, someone would have to bring a motion forward to amend the procedural bylaw. If only but we I, had counselors I, here. But I do think, like, to that point, uh, being silly, but I, I do think that, like, we saw this, um, and I think. I think it was the SAS dispatch who wrote an article like following it, right. Following the municipal election about this sort of like wave of like leftist uh, and like labor supported uh, and progressive counselors being elected. And like, you know, like Regina seen our sort of like most progressive city council in decades. Um, and I think that that has led to uh, things to be a lot more interesting uh, and people engaging more Um because they feel heard more and they feel represented more. Yeah. Or sometimes they're like, enjoy your, your first and only term on council counselor, you know? So there's all, it runs the whole gamut of engagement and, you know, just like any very interesting reality TV show. So that's all. Yeah. uh, On that topic, I do have some uh, interesting news for season two. Uh, we did some focus testing about most popular counselors, and the most popular one was a counselor Stadniak. Um, <laughs> so we're actually going to have to combine your roles for season two. Uh, so I, we we don't know how that's going to play out yet. Uh, it'll be like a like a Mary Kate and Ashley uh, Olsen Full House vibe, <laughs> like where they just they switch out as the same character, or yeah, for, some, for something me, like that. Yeah. Like that would help with the workload. I'm 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 in favor of that. <laughs> How does that work for you, Cheryl? Interesting concept. Very interesting concept. (laughs) Are you guys having fun? It is fun. Like there's a lot of, um, it's, I mean, there's a lot of pressure sometimes, but it is fun and it's interesting learning. Well, I've got a special learning experience happening right now is because I want to understand how our roads are actually redone. Like when they're digging up the sidewalks and the roads, like what that process is. Well, mine just started this morning. So I get front row seat (laughs) to see how the sidewalks get ripped apart and um, how the road's going to get. So, so it's it's a great learning experience from who's active in the community, how things are fixed and made and, uh, and, 
you know, there's really great staff at City Hall. I'm going to give my kudos to city staff. There's some really good people and they, um, they do their job and uh, make, when they do their job, we get fewer complaints. And sometimes we get thanked for them doing their job. So kudos to city staff. I guess because you guys started out like this is, there's been a lot of like firsts or unusual bits to this council. It was uh, sort of like the most uh, progressive grassroots council that was elected. Uh, also, we looked back at uh, previous city councils uh, during the election. This is the most not male council we've ever had. It is the least dude heavy council that Regina's ever had. But then I thought, you know, you guys like you guys have been doing like way more motions than you would typically see from a city council. So very active. And I thought after, you know, after the sponsorship explosion that I was like, well, that's it. We're not going to, this council's not going to get scared and not do anything, but you guys keep coming up with stuff to do that isn't necessarily going to be like an easy plot. Like you're doing, you're, you're definitely doing more prestige TV as opposed to like, you know, fuller house. I'm like, I'm assuming that's because you, you're, you're enjoying the work and feel like you're getting good stuff done. Or am I reading into it? Too yeah. Much? I think that, well, when you look at who's on council, I think everyone has some pretty strong passions on a lot of the issues. I, and, I the, and the other thing that, that, that you didn't mention is that I would say the majority on council are really strong on the environment. I am stoked to just, I think that there's a lot of women on council. And I think, you know, you throw, you throw a handful of strong women characters on any show. Uh, I'm more interested, you know, and, and then, you know, you got to have sort of like the one who's not the best on any show, (laughs) but, um, but I think theoretically speaking, right. Yeah. Yeah. In theory. Right. But I think at the end of the day, either way, I think any time, that one of the pieces about city council, like in city politics is um, just that there's people who don't do anything. Mm-hmm. And I think that we're seeing a city council where the majority of people who've been elected do a lot of work. Mm-hmm. I, I do think that um, like, I'm, I'm, I'm often surprised at, um, at how, I mean, I, I maybe I shouldn't say this with Cheryl and Shannon here, but like with how competent people are. Because often, often, uh, I'm not surprised by that. So well, that's you, cool. you never know, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But the, but I mean, presumably this is why Cheryl and Shannon ran because they were like, we we need somebody competent in there, and yeah. these people are me. We're just about out of time here, but uh, I just wanted to like get everybody's feeling, and I think there's actually a right answer to this question. But who do you think is the Fonzie? of uh regina city council uh like and i mean like the urkel the character who like you know was expected to be a minor character but has emerged as like the fan favorite and uh dominates dominates the uh the news cycle about the show so you you have a a person in mind (laughs) so is this like a lovable character i'm just like just checking in or is it we're all lovable every every council is lovable yeah yeah just figuring out the parameters, but absolutely <laughs> everyone equally lovable. Um, okay, I I don't have that information yet, so I'm going to ask Cheryl to go first. Well, you know that is, that is a tough. I don't know why it's tough, but maybe because uh, the Fonzie reference is a little bit 
hard for harder for me. Probably harder for Shannon. Throws you off. Much younger than me. But you mean like the the? Are you talking about like the star of the show? The 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 the, the unexpected fan favorite. The yeah. unexpected fan favorite. I think one you know, fan I base are you the mayor. About? Yeah. I, yeah. I want to see the mayor because she's mm. really um on on the issues that she's on I because I'm on the Fowl Hills Kupal Tribal Council City Regina Governance Committee mm-hmm. with her and I see her on the Indigenous issues in particular and well on other issues too on conversion therapy she took a great stand um she has she's she really goes to bat on the issues makes things happen oh so good to hear. Yeah. okay I know the answer and like you know it's okay, Cheryl, that you didn't feel like quite comfortable saying it, but we all know it's me. The unexpected <laughs> fan favorite. I don't know anything about, I don't, I don't really want to be associated with Urkel. Way cooler than him. I don't know enough about Fonzie, though. Sorry, that is too dated for me. Um, I, but I have a feeling that's not the answer you were going with, Paul. So I was kind of fishing for you to just say something nice about your council colleagues, but yeah. Oh, no, just myself. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have an answer, Paul? Oh, yeah, it's Bob Hawkins for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Bob Hawkins. Yeah. Yeah, the dude walks into the room, he like bangs his hand on the jukebox, the music starts playing. (laughs) That would happen. He's got all the catchphrases. It's true. That's fair. And then me. Right? Yeah. <laughs> In the event that Councillor Hawkins cannot fulfill his duties as the Fonzie, he'll be Shannon. Yes. <laughs> that sounds good. awesome. All right. Okay. We are uh, just about out of time here. Um, thanks so much for coming on the show today, Councillor Stadnachuk and Sikidniak, or whichever names you want to go by. <laughs> Zadnachuk. <laughs> Zadnachuk. The, the, and the possibilities are really endless. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anytime you guys want to come on, we will happily have you on. And Jack, as always, uh, thank you for uh, coming in. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having Chet as well. He also uh, appreciated the opportunity to uh, to hear a little bit from some future colleagues of his. <laughs> so. He has been spending a bit of time lurking over your back shoulder. Kind of reminds me of Trump when he was in the debate with uh, Hillary Clinton. Well, who know? Maybe that's maybe that's Chet's whole Chet's whole vibe. He's he's listening very attentively. Like he heard. He, I don't know if I've seen him move at all. So he's very very tuned in. He's yeah. very stylish. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. Again, anytime. Of course. All right. And with that, I think we have to uh, call for an adjournment. All right. Uh, I second that motion, even though we're not, we don't have to make a motion to adjourn. We do it anyway here at the QCIV. And the meeting is adjourned. You've been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau, 91.3 FM, CQTR, 90. Yeah. I, I, I broke my flow there. Uh, tune, Regina Community Radio, tuned into the community. Uh, we can find us 7 to 8 p.m. on Thursday evenings and rebroadcast Monday afternoons, 3 to 4 p.m. Uh, also find us on Twitter, Queen City IB, and on our website, queencityib.com, as well as cgtr.cd slash podcasts. Uh, coming up next, we've got the Nerdcore Cabaret, then it's music all on through the evening. That's it. Keep on improving, Regina.